When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Man, I hate to say this, but in all likelihood, the toughest choice Ben Charrington's going to face all summer long has nothing at all to do with Pittsburgh. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates were off yesterday. They're playing the Orioles in Baltimore tonight, 7.05 p.m. Or, as I was joking a couple days ago with Brian Hayes, a team that you only see all the time, meaning, of course, in spring training since Bradenton and Sarasota are neighboring cities. The first week of July in Major League Baseball's draft, the Pirates will, of course, be picking first. And it's been known all along that the number one overall target of everybody is at LSU. The catch is there's now two of them. And it's very possible that the other is overtaking the one everybody thought. Dylan Cruz, that's C-R-E-W-S, for those of you who are used to O'Neill Cruz, was hitting home runs last year through the beginning of this year, was just lighting the world on fire. Every other swing seemed to result in something soaring over a fence. And he'd begun getting discussed as if he were some sort of really special hitting talent. He was the absolute no-brainer, number one. And then, as so often happens in this specific draft, someone will come out of nowhere and overtake them like a horse. Nobody who entered the race at the last second, not even his trainer knows his name, and Boom! Just like that. Paul Skeens is the name of the pitcher. He's 6'6". He's a righty who can average 98 miles an hour on his fastball. He can get it up to 102. And while that's becoming increasingly normal in modern baseball, what's not is all the rest of his stuff and his command and his poise and the fact that there are other coaches apart from LSUs, around the SEC, who say that this kid should be in the majors right now. Now, college coaches are going to have a little bit of hyperbole to what they do. They've got nothing to lose by building up their own brand. But it's one thing to hear it from those guys in formal interviews. It's another thing 
from me to have heard from a scout I've known a long time and who's seen a lot of LSU this year and last year. And this scout tells me in no uncertain terms that this young man could be pitching in Pittsburgh in August. And I, again, have known this person for a long time, and they are not prone to saying things like this. So when you hear that sort of thing and you see even the most level-headed longtime draft analysts saying best pitching prospect, certainly the best pitching prospect out of college since Steven Strasburg in 2009, if you were following the sport at that time and you remember Strasburg mania, I actually covered his debut in Washington, since it was against the Pirates, he struck out only 14 of them that day. If it wasn't for Delwyn Young running into a Strasburg fastball, who knows how, he also would have had all kinds of other asterisks attached to that outing. That's the tone in which people are talking about Skeens. I am not here today to take a stance on this. I've seen neither player. I've done only what you would consider to be marginal research on either player. We're a long ways off. We're two months off from that draft. All I can say today is that my mind isn't made up, whereas I thought it was just peripherally, casually, about a month ago. So if you're going to be one of those people who just says, if they don't take Dylan Cruz, it's because Bob Nutting, da 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 whatever else here. Just sit this one out. Okay? This one's legit. This is not a manufactured number two. This is not some cynical attempt on the Pirates' part to manufacture an excuse for not taking this kid or that kid or for not wanting to spend, even though they have literally outspent every franchise in Major League Baseball on the draft over the past decade and change, this is going to be a difficult decision. This is not going to be an automatic. This is going to be something where I believe the Pirates are going to have to wait and see as much as possible out of both of these kids. They're going to have to do... I think this sounds silly to say, but you know, they're going to have to do intensive research. They have to do that on everybody. Okay. They have to do that on, on players they're looking at in the 20th and the 25th rounds. Okay. But this is going to have to be something extraordinary. They'll need everything they can find, especially as it relates to Skeens and his health and his arm health and his history and how many pitches he's thrown in his entire life, including a wiffle ball in his backyard with his dad. This is the stuff that's going to make or break a pick like that. The pitcher, more than anything else, you've got to trust health. I remember when the Pirates were going through the process with Garrett Cole. And then afterward, when Neil Huntington could finally open up about it a little bit, Huntington spoke candidly and really admiringly of the way Cole's parents had brought him up. He loved the fact that they made sure he didn't get misused or abused by any of his coaches, whether it was scholastically or beyond. They saw to it 
that their son wasn't going to be out there for 140 pitches just because, you know, so-and-so coach wanted to win a game against, you know, rival high. That's the diligence they're going to have to do here, especially on Skeens. But do not, do not portray this as some one-man thing. This is no longer about Cruz, and in fact, I get the sense that it's not going to even be about Cruz in the very near future. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from TWM, who says the league is throwing out the Pirates' base runners much more often. They have obviously noticed something. Are the Pirates predictable when they run? For example, the very next pitch after the second pickoff attempt, have they reviewed this? They have said, well, specifically Derek Shelton said after this past series that the Pirates are looking into it. They are obviously going to be aware that it's happening. And I also think there's a measure of credit to be given. And you kind of did that in fairness to the Rockies for having made multiple adjustments. Stuff that the Pirates players were talking about in the clubhouse. Brian Hayes said to me at one point that especially with their bullpen guys, he noticed that they did things that they weren't doing at all in Denver against specific hitters. So they learned after the first meeting, and they adjusted. And as Clint Hurdle used to say, this is now your time to counterpunch. Now, Pirates aren't like being able to position to counterpunch against the Rockies, obviously, since they're done for the year with those guys. But that video, that data, that evidence is now everywhere. So if, for example... You're Connor Joe, and you're getting absolutely destroyed by sliders over a certain part of the plate. I'm making this up. That's all you're going to see, man. That's all you're going to face. You're going you're gonna to see that pitch in your nightmares, and then you're going to see it even before you step into the box. And you're just going to have to learn. You're just going to have to make whatever move is necessary to become proficient at a particular skill. Again, that's just 
baseball, and you know that. That's true of baseball if you've been in the league for a month or if you've been in the league for a decade. That's how it goes. They're constantly going to find something. And then when they found it, or they even if they think they found it, they're going to go at you with it. Now, where the runners are concerned, I first feel it's necessary to share the theory that was put forth by Andrew McCutcheon a couple days ago when he posited that one of the reasons that the Pirates were so successful with the Steels is that they kind of felt like an afterthought because they were doing everything else, too. They were hitting the ball. They were taking lots of pitches. Uh, there was all kinds of activity. There was all kinds of excitement if it was a home game. And everything just felt like the pitcher or the catcher from the other team wouldn't even be thinking all that much about who's on base. And I'll bet he's largely right on this. That doesn't take the burden off the Pirates for needing to fix it. But I'll bet that's solid. Okay, that's just solid thinking. So I'll say from that that the first thing that the Pirates need to do to fix their running game is to get back to hitting the ball more than three or four times a night. Meaning, of course, hitting safely. From there, you know, start getting less predictable. Maybe they are reading something off of a pickoff. Maybe they are reading something off of a lead or a secondary lead or a certain way that so-and-so puts his foot down. Or maybe, and I did see this from Colorado, not from the pitchers, but from their catchers, notably Austin wins, that he would jump out of the crouch. He would motion for not, not a pitch out, but a pitch up. He wanted it out of the strike zone so he could fire down. Uh, they called for those a couple of times when the Pirates didn't go. So the Rockies entered this series with very much a mindset to shut down the Pirates running game. And they were probably even more successful than they thought they'd be. So a great point to bring up. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. And we'll be back with another one on Monday.